Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight and one day early, we take a look at some of the national stories making the week's headlines. Gary Edgington looks back and forward at a sunny week for our local cricket teams. And we play Test Tony. It is Wednesday, so we are going to talk to Notfast Graham as usual. And he tells us what's happened with the Yellow Army. And if you've been anywhere near our social media pages today, you'll know it's been dominated by one thing and one thing only. Newark Flowserve. And Tony's done what he does best. He's put pen to paper. And uh, a little bit later on, we'll try and make something of the five, yes, five new signings that's been announced in one day. And uh, what a cracking set they've signed. One of them has even scored a European Championship goal for Celtic. How good is that? England ladies have had a goal disallowed by VAR. They miss a penalty and the world's best player got herself sent off. Not a night we all wanted and not a night to remember. Mr Smith ran home to watch it so he can tell me what went wrong. Manchester United have made a £70 million bid for Leicester defender Harry Maguire. Will they accept it? We'll see. While the former Newcastle boss Rafa Benitez has been appointed manager of Chinese size Dalang. The Spaniard left the Magpies on Sunday after his contract expired, saying that the Premier League club did not share his vision. And I said on this station on Monday night, I hope it doesn't go to China because that smacks of chasing the money. Somebody, one of the top four or five managers in the world, has just ended his career. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Britain's Andy Murray has confirmed he will play mixed doubles with Serena Williams at uh, Wimbledon. Murray, the two-time singles champion at SW19, will compete in both the men's and the mixed doubles. Less than a month after returning from that hip surgery, American Williams, a 23-time Grand Slam singles winner, told journalists, if you guys want it, OK, we'll do it. So uh, that should have a, a bit of fun to what really is a dreary fortnight, isn't it? <laughs> Flow serve, we will talk about a little bit um, later on, but uh, I take it you rushed home to watch the England ladies? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I, had, I had some work to do, so um, some of it involved... Um, watching clips of the Cricket World Cup so occasionally I, I switched on Five Live and then listened to uh, <coughs> the uh, action but um, I, 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 but it was basically a working night so um, I, I only listened to bits. I, I got very excited by the equaliser and then uh, I listened to the last uh, seven minutes of the uh, missed penalty <coughs> and the sending off uh, but um, I thought that the uh, USA uh their game management was um, what swung it in the end. See, without VAR, it would have been 2-2 because the offside was a painted toenail. Yeah, It's it as was... simple as that. And it wouldn't have been picked up. <clears throat> and you can argue that she was offside because half an inch was in front of the last defender. But is it going to take a little something out of it. I know she was offside, but come on. She looked onside on the radio. But no, it's uh, you know what I think about VAR. You know, whatever result is dictated by VAR, I just prefer football rather than that stuff. I cannot understand, Tony, why Benitez has gone to China. That he wouldn't move off the Wirral when he was at Newcastle, and he went home to his family almost every night. Because his kids was at school and everything. And he's gone to China. Yeah, it just smacks of greed, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I've got a lot of time for Rafa Benitez, but not after this. 
Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you uh, summed up at the start of the show, summed it up pretty well. You know, he's sold his soul to the devil, you know. He has, hasn't he? And any credibility that he had, um, you know, has gone out the window with that because he's just gone for the 12 million a year, which is fair dues. I thought he it was, doesn't need it. I thought it was bigger than that. He's not exactly skint, is he? No. I just... It just dumbfounds me completely. Anybody who goes to China is not going for the experience, are they? They're just going for the money. Yeah. And now the door is wide open for Ashley to sell the crown jewels. Perez is already off to, Newcastle, um, to um, Leicester for 30 million quid. Yeah. Langstaff will be off to Man United for 25 million pound or whatever money he can get for anybody else. Yeah. He will sell. Bank the money, sell the club, get out. Well, I mean, as long as he gets out, <coughs> you know, I mean, I don't think Newcastle fans really want anything else other than Ashley to I get out. If, New if Newcastle fans went down two or three divisions, if Ashley went, they'd be quite happy. I reckon that a true regular on the Gallagher would be quite happy if they went non-league and they got rid of Ashley. Yeah, it is golly, it's just, it's golly go. But going non-league, uh, it, it hits you, I think, doesn't it? It hits Notts County when the fixtures come out. <clears throat> and Notts County start this season away at Eastley. Yeah. Very nice, just outside Southampton. And then after that, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more games in August. They're at home to Stockport, home to Barnet, away to Harrogate, home to Wrexham, away to Ebsfleet, home to Chorley, and away to Yeovil. That's not a problem. It depends whether the club is still in existence. Well, this is That's true. a problem. And if they are still in... One thing I do like, although for the life of me I can't understand the opposition, in the National League you play the same club on Boxing Day and New Year's Day. Yeah. Now, uh, that's a throwback, isn't it? Yeah. That's a throwback. So, it cries out, doesn't it, for Notts County v Chesterfield? It does. It really cries out for that, doesn't it? It does, but the police would love that, wouldn't it? It would fill both stadiums. <laughs> so what we got? Notts County v Maidenhead. <laughs> Followed by Maidenhead v Notts County. <laughs> now you tell me where the logic is in that one. Uh, but no, it's, um, you know, the as Paul Drury put it very, very well on this programme, there's nothing wrong with going non-league as he was a supporter with, with Lincoln City, and it's just different places, same crack on a day out, but it's whether or not Notts County are going to be in existence to fulfil well, those have as, You can have as much fun going to those places yeah, as, as, you, right. as, as you can go into Bury and yeah. Accrington, Stanley, and all those godforsaken places. Yeah, I, I, I would rather have a day out at Solly Hill Moors than I would at... Yeah, uh, so, you know. yeah, yeah, supporters can have fun, but it just hits you when you're away to Ebsfleet on the first day of the season. Yeah, but it's, um, <clears throat> I'm sure it'll be a lovely trip, but, you know, I mean, as again, I just can't stress often enough, will the club still be in existence to fulfil those fixtures? This is true. Right, we're all over the place this week, and I'll tell you why later. It's all Newark Athletic Club's fault. So, a lot earlier than normal, over a day earlier than normal, we'll do this. tight schedule tonight so here we go born on the 30th of June 1965 Gary Pallister uh, Manchester United and Middlesbrough defender and uh, a, a very very decent all round good egg one year later on the same day Mike Tyson <laughs> well, another all round good egg <laughs> well it depends how much you value your ears really doesn't it but, uh, yeah, but absolutely <coughs> brilliant, brilliant boxer. Absolute dynamite boxer. But the most interesting thing about Mike Tyson, there was a, a documentary that he did, and his knowledge of boxing is second to none. He's, he's like sort of, you know... He's, he's like Harry Carpenter with a lisp. Born on the 1st of July, 1903, Amy Johnson... I do like to test you every now and again. Female pilot. Well done, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she she holds the sort of record for. She uh, was the first lady to fly to Australia. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll give you that one then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well done. Get a brownie point for that one. <laughs> uh, the 1st of July, 1965, Gary Schofield. Oh, I rug- thought you might know this r- one. Rugby league legend. Absolutely brilliant bloke. And he's also a very good uh, value as a, as, as, as a rugby league expert. He knows his rugby league and, and uh, a, a great servant to my uh, beloved Leeds Rhinos. Um, the next one is somebody we actually spoke about a while ago. I'm going to save that cricketer until Gary's on. Um, it's someone we spoke about a while ago because um, actually died on the 2nd of June uh, 2000. Joey Dunlop. Uh, motorcycle racer. And uh, basically, I don't know a great deal about that sport, but um, I, I, I do know that his tyre company did very well. <laughs> Normal service has been resumed. It didn't take long, did it? Uh, died on the 1st of July 1965, Wally Hammond. Australian cricketer. Um, who, um, was he around in the days of Bradman? I think. I don't know, you're the expert. I think Wally Hammond was part of the 1948 Invincibles that came over uh, and were unbeaten through the entire England tour. Well, that's normal nowadays, isn't it? I'm guessing. You're guessing? Yeah. You're struggling? Well, I've, I've no doubt that uh, Gary could... Walter uh, Reginald Wally Hammond was an English first-class cricketer who played for Gloucestershire in a career that lasted from 1920 to 1951. Uh-oh. Well, I'm sure... In a test career spanning 85 matches, he scored 7,249 runs and took 83 wickets. And Hammond captained England in 20 of those tests. And you have got him down as an Australian. I'm sure there was uh, an Australian Wally Hammond as well. You can't have two Wally Hammonds. Well, you know the song, <laughs> the way the song goes... That's a gaggle of Wally yeah, Hammonds. Yeah, whatever, I've, in fairness, have you ever heard the song There's Only One Wally Hammond? I no, don't think so. There's no, I, I, rest my case. There is no fairness in this one. I think all the brownie points that you gained with Amy Johnson... <laughs> well, just wait till Gary comes on if you can find his so, phone on, number. That's twice this week, then, because what did you do? No, last week you had Jonathan Trott as Tr- Marcus Trotropic. Yeah, yeah. Hopeless. Right, try and get this one wrong, because it comes from it comes from your neck at once. Died on the 1st of... July 2006 Fred Truman I've got a lovely Fred Truman story but I can't tell it on the radio What good's that? Well because it, the, 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 the punchline is a swear word basically but uh, <coughs> uh, I can tell a story basically without, without swearing if that helps Well it might, it might just help our career Yeah <laughs> Well, basically, there's a guy who now works, uh, now does a breakfast show, I think, for BBC Radio Derby. A guy called Mark Salton uh, came straight from school to the Newark Advertiser. Is Derby the swear word? Uh, no, oh, no, okay. no, sadly not, no. Although, t- t- to many, it may well be. But anyway, he came into um, the Advertiser straight from uh, Colonel Frank Seeley's school at Calverton. And um, he came up to me one morning and said, I was in the red line at Thurgerton last night having a drink with my girlfriend and Fred Truman walked in. And I went, brilliant, did he get a word? And he went, oh, I, I didn't like to because he's famous. I said, oh, Marcus. I said, it's people like you and me that met people famous. People like you and me interview him so that people read about him in the paper. Guys across the corridor, they take his picture so people know what he looks like as well and then it goes on to radio and it's a wider audience and then eventually on to television. Everybody knows him. Never feel afraid about approaching anybody because you are part of the making people famous process. I'll go with you tomorrow night to the Red Lion at Thurgerton. He's obviously down with the TMS team at Trampbridge and stopping at the Red Lion. And so... At Thurgerton, which you've plugged about four times. Other pubs are available. But basically, um, I met up with Marcus the following night. We were sat there with with our pints. And then Fred walked in, pulled up a bar stool, stoked up his pipe and got, got all of his pints. And I said, Marcus, this is how you approach people. Look and learn. And so um, I walked up to him and said, Hello, Mr Truman. My name's Tony Smith from the Newark Advertiser. Can we have a few words about the day's play? And he looked me up and down 
had a drag of his pipe and a, pint, a swig of his pint and went, no. And that's where the swear word comes in. <laughs> <laughs> or, in fact, actually... No, uh, go away. A swear word phrase. And, uh, and so, basically, I went back and sat down next to Marcus and said, there you go, mate, that's all there is to it. But, uh, yeah, Fred um, was a, a dour Yorkshireman who um, was a, a fast bowler who... Um, Took many, many wickets for England and Yorkshire, obviously. And um, he then went on to um, host a... I'm not sure whether it got down to this neck of the woods, but it was a sort of pub sports programme where they played pub pub games. And when it came to the adverts, Fred had been there with his pint and he used to go, I'll see thee. And that took you into the adverts. Hell of a Yorkshire character, and, and uh, probably a, a perfect example of, of why people take the mickey out of Yorkshire. Yes. Who else used to have his shirt hanging out, didn't he, when he was bold? Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was... Uh, it, it, it was... It, I'm, 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 I'm sure he is the... Um, you sure he's English? I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is the, uh, the... The instigator of many a great sporting tale. But uh, it, was, it was quite a character. But um, I mean, if you've sort of sat in the TMS box for probably the last, what will effectively be nearly twelve hours, and then for the first time today you've actually stopped talking, you can have a pint, have, have, have your pipe, and some fool comes up wanting to do an interview. I'm not surprised he said, "Go away." Yeah, but the trouble was that Fred in that commentary box had his first pint when the bell rang just before the players came out at five to eleven. Look, that's fair enough. I'm sure I got the end of the legacy. That's what you do at cricket, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm not knocking it. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, it's not a good idea to chat to somebody at half or seven in the evening of the same day. OK, Wednesday night is uh, not fast night, and that's where we're going next. It's time to find out how the army's got on, and that, of course, is the one and only Not Fast Dave. Good evening, young yeah. sir. Good evening, Nick. How are you? I'm very well. How's life, uh, how's life with the Yellow Army? Life is good with the Yellow Army. We've had uh, a relatively good weekend last week. Um, 41 club members over seven different part runs. Lots of personal bests. Uh, one for Nettie Stevens, Jane Weeway, Mark Hawkins, Madeline Comby, and a standout for Janet Davis, who at the Lincoln Park run was the first lady back and got a personal best. Uh, last Tuesday saw the first of the Home Pierpoint Grand Prix series. That was held at Rushcliffe Park, and it was a four-mile race. Had seven members taking part. First back for our club was Adrian Dix in 26.05, followed by Jeremy Reichelt, 33.02, David Gill, 33.47, Rachel Hill, 38.04, Andy Pritchard, 40.03, Madeline Comby, 43.09, and Anne White in 46.08. Also last Tuesday, Kim Etherington-Bates, she was at the Wellington 5K Series, and that was the second uh, Wellington series. She Kim completed in 24-14. Moving on Thursday, it was the second of the Home Pierpoint Grand Prix events. It was a five-mile race at Colic Park. We have six members turning up. Uh, Jeremy Reichel in 42-48. David Gill, 43-26. Andy Pritchett, 50-20. Rachel Hill in 50-26. Madeline Comby in 51-56. And Anne White in 59-05. Now, moving on to the weekend, nice hot weekend. We had seven members take part in the round Sheffield run. And funnily enough, that's around Sheffield. It's a unique 11-stage um, event over 20 kilometres. Uh, had Damien Davis there. He finished it in 1 hour 17.12. Um, Janet Davis, she completed in 1 hour 40.14. Now, that's good standout there. She was over 10 minutes faster than last year and second in her age category. Uh, Nikki Dales and Faye Parker ran as a pair, completing in 2 hours 4.05. Rachel Sheldrake finished in 2 hours 11.57. And Annette Taylor crossed the finish in 2 hours 23. A little bit more locally, we had two members at the Bottisford Bumble. Anne Manley completed the 5K in 30.22. And Jill Folks in the 10K, completing 1 hour 12.36. Now, need to have a special mention and shout out to Madeline Comby, who's managed to get 11 personal bests in June. So, fantastic running from a lot of the club, especially uh, Madeline, who's been really trying for those personal bests for quite a long time. So, well done, Madeline. 
it was a fantastic month for Madeline, wasn't it? It's lovely that she gets some praise because Madeline's there every time, isn't she? She's part of the setup, she's part of the scene. Any event, Madeline's there, and she, it's lovely that she's at the forefront. She is, so every club night, every race, there's always Madeline there. But a lot of times she sits quietly in the background, but in the last month, she's really 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 come up she's like a ninja coming up <laughs> um, but on uh, on other on other news we've got the obviously the half marathon coming up in what just over a month now it's not long I'm, is it I'm at the committee meeting tonight so we're just getting final preparation sorted um, so you know registration's not going to be open for that much longer so anyone that's um, thinking about it get registered on the uh, on the website or links via the Facebook page um, we've got almost 900 members taking part now so it's going to be a good one this year i feel mick uh 900 by this time is a good call isn't it it really is normally we're looking about towards the end of june about six seven hundred so we're really trying to push the social media aspect as well just to get the awareness out there hence why i mention it every week of course <laughs> and why not indeed uh thank dave thank you so much mm, pleasure mick. we'll thank catch you again very soon take care thanks bye bye Okay, lots of little snippets um, to tell you. One of them is a bit of a, a bit of a travel one. Anybody waiting for the um, eighteen twenty train to arrive in Newark? If you've got anybody coming home that's been in Newcastle or York for the day, a passenger was taken ill at York, and it's running ninety odd minutes late, and he's now not doing Newark until ten to eight. So don't worry if you're waiting for anybody on that one, but they ain't going to be home just yet so if the dinner's in the oven it's gonna have to stop in the oven a little bit and what else do i have to tell you i have to tell you about quids for kids day on friday the 12th of july schools businesses and even individuals can get involved as we plan to raise money for the children's bereavement center here in newark it of course is really simple um take part in a non-uniform or fancy dress day um, at school or work here at Barnby Road having a non-uniform day um, have a bake-off do a raffle whatever you want to do but all we're asking you to do is everybody that takes part in this put a pound donation into the pot and then we will come round here there and everywhere to try and get as many of you lot on the radio as what we possibly can the Children's Bereavement Centre is our charity of the year for 2019 and we want to raise awareness and funds for this local Nottinghamshire charity and the vital work that they do. Further information regarding Quids for Kids, call 01636 550 or head over to our website. Of course, you know what that is, www.radionewark.uk. So uh, try and get involved in that one because that's a an absolutely cracking cause and um would love to come and visit wherever you are we will come and see you not sure we'll go all the way to um to devon but uh if gary's doing the collection we might just venture down there and um which is the introduction for the one and only mr gary edgington gary how are you good evening good evening the house move has gone successful and the phone works. And the phone, well, yeah, but the mobile don't. It's that remote here, mate, I'd pass Dick Turpin on the way home tonight. <laughs> well, you will live in Devon. Well, there we go, there we go. Um, Tony, uh, we did test Tony. I don't know if you was listening in. I wasn't, mate. I was getting everything ready. Okay, well, we did test Tony and, um, died on the 1st of July 1965 was Wally Hammond who Tony then explained to everybody that was listening, was an Australian cricketer. That is English. Yeah, I know that. Tony? Tony, wait, wait. Wally Ammons? Yeah. Nah, Apparently there's now two Wally Ammons. Oh, the, oh he, Tony knows the Australian one. I yes, know. yeah. The lesser-known Wally Hammond. Yeah. Well, well I, 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 think, I think he opened with Jonathan Trott, in, oh. in, in my memory. <laughs> uh, I, I actually think, Gary, there's probably only one Wally around here. <laughs> Where's Wally? Yeah. <laughs> Sitting opposite me, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, I left one of the birthdays for you because <laughs> oh, it's, right, it's one of my favourite cricketers. Um, born on the 2nd of July, 1951, Sir Richard Hadley. Ooh. Oh, Sir Richard Hadley. I think, yeah, that was the first test match I ever went to at Trent Bridge. And I believe, if memory serves me right, his brother played in the same test match, Dale Hadley. 
like arm opener for knots, probably the greatest. He would walk into my all-time test. <coughs> He's, he was, it was just poetry in motion, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and his action, his action was, you know. He, he was also um, the first person that I ever interviewed uh, when I'd started at the Newark Advertiser. That's not uh, a bad first scout, Yeah, I'd, I'd, I started on the Monday. Uh, my first day at the paper was on the Monday, and on the Friday I went to interview uh, Sir Richard at Caythorpe Cricket Club, where he was having a benefit match for knots. <coughs> and um, it was it was it was it was like it was like meeting God. Basically, he had he had the most piercing blue eyes I've ever met, I've ever I've ever, I've ever confronted. And uh, it was like sort of, I, it was a terrifying moment because I didn't, because of his because of his stare, I didn't ask a bad question. But he turned out to be a really top bloke. As I say, you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. Exactly. Unlike the other person that we've mentioned tonight in the birthdays, one certain Fred Truman, when Tony asked for an interview, um, Fred apparently told him whatever the Yorkshire version is for go away. Yeah. <laughs> My most famous one I ever did on radio was um, Kenneth Clark. All right. And I interviewed him at Plum Tree Cricket Club. <laughs> and uh, I said, I've only got five questions for you. We'll have a chat, da 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 And in those five questions, he drank two and a half pints of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> in, his, in his brown sneakers. <laughs> he is a really, you know, he's very up on cricket. And the question I asked him, I said, come on. I said, there is one politics question, but it is a mix with cricket. If you could bowl at any one of your fellow politicians, who would you like to be at the other end? If you could bowl at, say, the speed of Chris, uh, of uh, Broadie, and his uh, his answer was John Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got yourself into trouble with David Pipes as well because um, we've went through your um, batting lineup with Pipes, eight, and uh, he says you've got to get Gatton in there somewhere. Well, you can carry the drinks out. <laughs> fighting talk Gatting wouldn't get in my second 11 that's the great thing about everyone having an opinion if we all thought the same mate wouldn't life be boring I can't wait for a week on Saturday now no Gatting wouldn't even get in my second 11 <laughs> good stuff right let's talk um, local cricket for a few minutes um, because unlike last week when we talked when it was all doom and gloom we had a good weekend in Newark Yes, an excellent weekend, and leading the way, uh, I have to say, um, Collingham, bouncing back to form there, uh, defeating Eversley, um, well, not defeated, a winning draw, but 301 for six, uh, and our good friend Mohamed Nahim in the runs again, uh, it's always going to be a difficult target to chase down, uh, and Eversley, you know, just went for the four bonus points for batting when they're reaching 200. But uh, 16 points to 8. I've put Collingham only 33 points now off top of the table. Which is uh, a good time. This week they play the team that Boulderton had a six-wicket win uh, against, uh, collecting maximum points. And although Boulderton are still in ninth place, they've got two games in hand over Knox Unity Casuals, who are only 15 points above them. But what did Knox Unity Casuals do last weekend? reiterate that. They're only two points above them. But what did Notts do last weekend? Notts Unity Casuals? Yes. I'll just check in and we just have a look. Notts Unity Casuals, they beat Clifton Village. Exactly. So, uh, That's got to be the shock of the day, if not the shock of the season. Casuals, I always like it if Casuals bat first, they're good at setting. They're not very good at chasing. Uh, but yeah, Cl- Clifton Village, I was just going to get the scorecard up from that match. Because I know Dan Birch was in the runs. Uh, and Mr. Shepherd this week. <coughs> uh, what did Mr. Shepherd do? My good friend. He was LBW to Shazad Ahmed for just 20. But yeah, no, not one of the Clifton guys got over 50. Dan Birch, 22. Sorry, I was wrong. It must be in the same week. But yeah, Clifton, no, not one of the players got 50. So that didn't really do Bolton any favours at all. But uh, as you say, there's two games in hand. They can only, you know, they've got to make sure they do themselves. What we need to know from you now then, Gary, is because it was the warmest, it was hot, it was blinking hot up here on on Saturday, it was almost unbearably hot, um, and it was no shock that Mohammed 
um, produce what he did. And Bolton's new overseas star um, ripped the heart out of Wollerton's top order. Um, so if you'd like to get your little computer turned on and tell me the name of Bolton's new overseas star... <laughs> right, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on. Right, here we we'll go. We'll give you a clue. It's not Wally Hammond. Let's just click on that fixture. Right, Bolton's... Uh, Chaturanga Arachingi. Well, good effort. Yeah. A better effort than Tim Clipsham made at it. He calls yeah. him bubbly. And he's his captain. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. He says, I'm, we... I'm, I'm sure we'll shorten that to chat. <laughs> it's going to have to be shortened to something, isn't it? I tell you what, it'd be a, it'd be yeah. a, a scorer's nightmare. Wouldn't it just? <laughs> Caught and bowled. Oh, he did take a catch as well. <laughs> he took a catch for Daniel Pinfold. Yeah, so, um... No, it's <laughs> an excellent, you know, an excellent win for bowlers. And they can only... Plus, if the bottom teams are winning, that means the middle or the top are coming back to the pack, and that's going to be helping Collingham. I went to Collingham. I was going to go to Bolton, but they sort of beat me to it. Um, two trips to Collingham. Um, saw Mohammed majestic as ever. But on 86, Gary, he arguably was run out. It was close. It was very close. It was one of those where the umpire would make his TV thing. Um, now, Ellisey, to a man, went up. We was pretty much in line, and to me, he looked just out. And Mohammed looked like he started to walk. And the umpire said, not out. And, and a matter. And, um, and Mohammed turned around and hit the next ball over, over the pavilion for a six. And I'd got a wonderful photo um, when he reached his hundred of Mohammed standing there with a bat held aloft and the, L- the LSE wicketkeeper standing there with his arms folded. Wow. Shall we say that's not cricket to move on? No, that's, that's not cricket. I mean, irrespective, an umpire is human and he will make mistakes. Right? I once, when I was umpiring, I once gave ten, and out of the ten run-outs, this is ten in one match, at my end, I gave eight, and my partner Roy gave two. And this was on the penultimate match in the Derby, Derbyshire County, two north. Uh, not one of our decisions were questioned. I've been accused of many things, Gary, as an umpire, but never been human. Well... You know, the, the umpire that's never made a mistake hasn't been born yet. And I'm not saying that umpire made a mistake last week. I wasn't I, I, it, 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 I think it was one of those where um, if the umpire had to be 100% sure in his own mind, I don't think he could give it. If, he, if you're in any doubt, you're not out. Yeah. And, uh, and to me, that's the end of the matter, yeah. There was no ball. I was horrible as a player. Uh, but then I reversed it when I became at first three an umpire and then the umpire secretary because if anybody had got my umpires I've been in meetings when people have got, I, had to go at umpires well, well, don't you ever got my umpires Poach your turn gamekeeper? Pardon? Poach your turn gamekeeper? Definitely, definitely <laughs> mistakes. I was, I was obnoxious on the field if I could get inside a batsman's head uh, when I was keeping wicket, I always used to. All the best referees and umpires have, b- have been there and done it, because, yeah, like you, good. you know every trick in the book and you probably use most of them. Yeah, as I say, you know, I, I wasn't a great cricketer, but I tell you what, I wasn't off a good sledger. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't nasty, you know. You know <laughs> I used to pick on something that looked, you know, oh, well, they got that, see if that works. <laughs> OK, let's um, continue our trip through a successful Saturday. <laughs> right, OK, mate. Just clicking over, because you've asked me to click off my home screen. So we move down to Division D, where the positions are changing, so it's making me dizzy looking at the league table. But a great win for Fondon, who went away to Plumtree, bowled, uh, well, they were 222 all out, uh, and then they bowled Plumtree thirds out for 154, so maximum points there for Fondon. Uh, and that's a good sign. They've got their souls back on track, and they've now leapfrogged Newark in the table. But as I say, that table is changing every week. And so the great thing about that match, Gary, again, a little bit of gossip from it, the two opening bowlers for um, Fondon, Jason Lamb and 
Mark Everington have basically been their opening bowlers for probably the last five years. Not any more. Rhiannon Nolan Davis opened the bowling on Saturday, and according to Mark, that is where she stays. Well, there we go. And we did, well, you you guys certainly built her up last week. She's come to the party again. Yep. So, Continue. Uh, well, no, it didn't play last week, obviously, and that's why they've dipped down in the table. Um, but as I say, that, that league table is, I'm just going to get it up here. Um, we have top of the table uh, at the moment in D or Bingham with 129 and then you go down to Newark who are in 6 on 98 so that's just well a win and a half but I mean Bingham have won 6 and lost 1 1 cancelled 1 abandoned Newark are 4 2 and 3 so 20 31 points at this stage of the season is nothing because all those teams are going to play each other and it's who, who comes out on top of that. So, and um, Farndon are just 27 points off. So, although Bingham have got a slight lead, uh, I expect that to be tops in Turvey all season. Plumtree at bottom, 18 points. Um, sorry, I've got a lot of friends in Plumtree, but I'm afraid that's where you stand, boys. Uh, you play the game more than anybody else. So, if there's any one of those top six can win that league, I think the team below Eastbridge are a little bit weaker um, than the rest. So it's any two from six from that to play Division C next year. Moving down to E, we have to mention Flinton, keeping on going. Uh, another win, they're still over the 15 points behind Young Lions, who've won eight and have the other one cancelled. Young Lions uh, just go from strength to strength. They entered the league about seven years ago and just steadily climbed the pyramid. Eventually they will plateau out, though. Uh, and in fifth, through fifth, fourth place, Collingham. So let's have a look. Because I've not uh, been doing too much homework, we'll have a look for Collingham last week. Where are we? Division E. Collingham, uh, 103 all out. Lost against Sutton Bonington, 141 all out. So, and I expected Collingham to win that match, if I, if I recall. Um, but there we go. I don't know if, if they were under strength. Uh, in that match but Sutton Bonington in the table are I'm just clicking between scenes Sutton Bonington are halfway uh, so I you know that was that was a bit of a shot but uh, Conningham played eight they've got a game in hand over the three sides above them so if they can win that they'll be on the periphery of chasing down Kimberley first and then Flintham if they keep the momentum going you want me to carry on moving down the league um I'm, I'm intently listening to this. Right, we are going down to Division... Uh, well, with Division G. Do we have anybody in G? Cornton. There we go, there we go. Cornton, 185 for 7. Uh, overtook Kinolton, bowled them out for 183. To the nicest ground. I don't know if you've been to either of those grounds, mate. You've been to Cornton? Not one I've been to, Mr Smith, no. No. Oh, we should have, really. It's on the doorstep. I would probably rate Cornton, and I've played there twice, uh, as probably one of the best three T's I've ever had in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, I tell you who played there, you know, works for Sky, Dave Bracegirdle? Yes. Oh, yeah. Dave Bracegirdle, you know, was the uh, opening bowler uh, for Cornton when I played there. But, oh, what a lovely T. What a lovely tea. In fact, one time there was a wedding adjacent to her and the caterers did the same. So we virtually had a wedding banquet that day. I can't remember how we went on, but I ate well. <laughs> um, and Kinolton, one of the finest pitches you'll play on for a village pitch, it's as good as Boulderton's. And I class Boulderton as one of our top five pitches in the county. And remember, that's not privately owned. Yeah. Uh, but Canolton's a lovely, lovely ground. It was one of the first grounds outside the higher echelons of the league that we held a cup final at, and it was fully deserved, because we only set the cup finals to the major grounds. Hmm. Right. You've got to mention H and Bolton too, or else you'll never forgive me. I'm coming, I'm coming down, I've got a, 
I've only got my told off again, Tony. About yeah. 15 minutes before you got on tonight. You see, you're right, not organised, are you? We're going on to Boulderton. <laughs> Travel to Long Eat, my old stomping ground. If you can bowl on West Park, though, you can bowl anywhere. <laughs> Sam Ross, 108 not out. I wish, though, they'd have put how many fours or sixes he had. Hit. That would have been nice. Um, bowling wise, well, the opening turf pair were taken by Eden Santa. Uh, Paul Colcom nipped him with a couple, Andrew Smart nipped him with a couple, Ben Hall nipped him with a couple, and if we're going to mention the whole caboodle, Michael Duffy nipped him with a single. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to stop you going down the, the tables, because um, we did say last week you was going to have a quick look at the um, the averages and who, who our leading batsman and leading wicket-taker were. Right, hold on, I'm just going to get my batting starts up. You've had to remind me, so I'm, I'm going in... You want the entire league or just Division A? Or no, no, the entire league. I want to just know who who is the Newark superstar batsman. I think I know the answer. The number three ranked player in the league. No, hold on, I've got to hold on. Let me just put my filters on. I don't want to decry anybody. <laughs> All divisions, runs, 2019. Right, we'll apply that filter so I know I'm right. In third place, with eight games, eight innings, three not out. 528 runs with a high score of 164 not out, average is 105.6, is... Mohammed. Mohammed, yes. I just hope the sun shines when you're there, because if the sun shines, it's I'm going to be... I'm looking forward to meeting all 22 day. players and the committee members from both sides, because apart from probably Pipesy and Alan, I've never met any of the guys. You know, I've been down here five years, I live... 20, 30, no, probably 40 <coughs> miles away from, from Collingham and Boulderton, so I never ever went to play there. So, you know, I'm going to be meeting a lot of, in a word, total strangers, but, oh, that's Tim Phipps, and, you know, and, and that's, you know, Eden Transfer, and, you know what I mean? I won't know. <laughs> so you're going to be Mr. Introduction. Oh, working again, working yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> what about me bowler, then? Who's me top bowler? Well, hold on, I'm going on to bowling stats. <laughs> Bowling stats. Well, I'll tell you who's top. He's grumpy tonight, isn't he, Tony? No, he's yeah, he's yeah. telling me off again, yeah. He's Mr. Adam Shepherd is the top. Right? Even he's though he lives in Bolton, he's not counted. Wickets. Now, are we going, at you? we're going on wickets taken. Yes. And at number nine in the league, drum roll, bowling 62 overs. Hang on, over. hang on. Pardon? Hang on, he was a drum roll. He's trying to find you a drum roll. trying to find you a drum roll. Oh, good. I'll do. Short of that, we got here. That's what you call a drum roll. That's a drum roll. 62 overs, 12 maidens, 20 wickets, conceding 180 runs with a best of 6 for 12 from Boulderton. Young Miss Eden Trampton. Yeah, well, she's doing well, isn't she? Absolutely <coughs> fan. <coughs> she is doing. Little word out there. So well. <laughs> Gary, what's coming up this weekend? Right, let's click on to fixtures. Where's our fixture list gone? That's got to be fixtures. Right, Boulderton, entertain the form team of the month. Westbridge Fordians. But they're at home, <coughs> Bolton Brownfields. Very important. The weather bats first, in my opinion, will be in the ascendancy. Woolerton entertain Collingham. Do we know what Woolerton Cricket Club is famous for? They've got a lovely wooden pavilion. It was the scenes for the filming of Outside Edge. That's right. it, it was. You've got, yes. I know, yes. Yes. Right. Um, Newark, Ransom and Moles entertain Top of the Table Bingham. So not only can they climb up the table, they can put a dent on the league leaders. And it'll be Newark's first win in four weeks. And I'm predicting the boys are going to bounce back. Stick your neck on the block, Gary, why don't you? <laughs> Fondon travels to Hickling. Hickling uh, haven't lost at home all season. Uh, and Well, they haven't lost in the last five. Uh, I'm predicting whoever <coughs> bats there first will win. Moving down to Division D, Flintham are away to Collingham's um, opponents from last week, Sutton Bonington. 
while Collingham entertain Burton Joyce. I'm predicting their two wins. I do like sticking my neck on the you block. Do, yeah. but then again, I don't want to upset anybody. I'm up a week later. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving down, moving down to Division G, Cornton away to Gedling Corridor Thirds. I'm predicting that Cornton's train will carry on moving down the platform with another away win. Down to division. I have to keep spotting this. Normally they're highlighted. Boulderton travelled to Woodborough. My eyes have a score was scored on Woodborough. Lovely ground. And I played against the Knox County fullback leg. Remember, was it Andy Leg? Andy Leg, yeah. Yeah, Andy Leg. Andy Leg played for Woodborough. All right. Yeah, I carted him for about five or six fours. It was unheard of. Me hitting a four was unheard of, and I got, I think I was at about 46, 48 that day. <laughs> I got promoted to 10 the following week. <laughs> there we go. So I'm predicting there, Boulderton, away win at Woodborough. No pressure for the bowlers. <laughs> uh, we go on Newark, Ransom and Miles, or away to Old Dolby. A very, very tricky um, match that is and I hate to say I'm going to put down that I don't think Newark will return home with anything there hold Dolby are an excellent side at home so uh, anything they get will be fully and gratefully deserved yeah the plus side for Newark is they're taking a dodgy umpire with them <laughs> so, uh, um, Collingham thirds travel away to Baseford old boys and the two teams have only got one win between them in the last fixtures so uh, something's got to give moving down again we are going what's that oh, I think that, is, that says everything no it isn't hold on we've got one more Newark Ransom and Miles in Division N are at home to Keyworth um, both sides are undefeated well Newark haven't lost in the last four though two of those were rain curtailed and uh, Keyworth uh, have won two out the last three so Toss of a coin again. I like it in when it's hot. About first runs on the board. Let them field all afternoon in the heat, and and you can take it from there. That's the way. And that's the way to do it, Gary. I'm gonna have to cut you short because we're running out of time. I've still got to talk football, believe it or not. No worries. Um, we'll catch you again next week, and of course, it's the big weekend. Yes, looking forward to meeting you again uh, a week on Saturday. Yep. But you've got some work to do first, next Thursday night. Next Thursday night, so yeah. I, get, I get a night off tomorrow. Yes. Lovely jobby. All right, mate. Boys, you take care, have a lovely week, stay safe, and I'll speak to you next Thursday. Thanks, Gary. See Thank you, mate. you. Bye. OK, time for our weekly football roundup, and before we get on to Flow Serve, the news that Ryan Ashley and Ricky O'Connell have both signed for Matthew Wade at Curtin. Luke Body, who many people expected to go to Curtin, is staying at Newark Town and he's joined at Newark Town by George Pierce. Lovely, lovely lad, great footballer, if he can stay fit. Um he's had spells at Ollerton and Retford since he last played at, at town, but as I say, um w- wonderful little footballer to watch, it's just the old fitness thing. But today has been totally, totally dominated by Newark Flosev, who had been quiet to say the least nothing but nothing was coming out of Spartak Lowfields <laughs> until today I, I expected it because it's all down to contracts but my dear 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 when they do start they're like the proverbial London bus so I'm going to leave it to uh, Mr Smith to try and sum up by what in anybody's standard is an amazing day Tony well last season saw step six football in the town for the first time and Newark Flow Surf took to it like a duck to water. They won promotion at the first time of asking by clinching runners-up spot in the East Midlands Counties League. And in the coming campaign, the Highwaymen will be bringing Step 5 football to Newark in the same way that December brings Christmas, when they enter the Midland League Premier Division. If the, if the excitement needed ramping up any more... <coughs> The club of today revealed a raft of new signings and the quality of those new faces is best summed up by the arrival of striker Ben Hutchinson. The highlight of his impressive CV is that he once came on as a substitute for Celtic against Manchester United in the Champions League. And that is the circle that we're now moving in at Lowfields. 
Nottingham-born Hutchinson, who will be 32 in November, was on the books at Parkhead for three years and has also played for Middlesbrough, Lincoln City and Mansfield Town and moved to Flowsurf from Carlton Town. Only three players have departed from last season's cup-winning squad, Nathan Burrows, Sean Woolley and Blair Anderson, while five new faces were named today, with another one, described as the biggest of the lot by one club source, to be announced imminently. Hutchinson will be joining the men in orange alongside former Nottingham Forest players Jack Andrews and Lawrence Gorman, Paul Pilaro from Ilkeston Town and Matt Cotton from, Link from Lincoln United. Defender Gorman, who has nine England youth caps, came with Andrews from Quorn FC, who finished fifth in the Midland League Premier Division last season, while midfielder Paul Pilaro was with Ilkeston Town, who were champions. He will be joined in midfield by Matt Cotton, the former Lincoln City player, who has joined from Lincoln United. The Midland League Premier Division fixtures are expected to be released this weekend, and the campaign starts on Saturday, August the 3rd. And we can tell you the last one, because that's broken the last hour while yes, we've indeed. been on there, and that is the news that Kyle Dixon has joined Newark Flowserve. Kyle Dixon last season was Ilkeston Town's captain. And he has chosen Flowserve. And amongst his other clubs is Notts County, Boston United, Baseford, North Ferriby and Colville. But Ilkeston Town to Newark Flowserve, you couldn't write it. And apparently he played uh, a number of first-team games for Notts County rather than just being uh, a squad member or whatever. He was a, a well-thought-of player at that medaline. And um, as I say, last season Ilkeston Town were champions and... Uh, He's, he's joined us to, uh, to, to to bolster the uh, flow surf campaign in the MLP next season. It's, it's going to be a tough league. It's going to be... Yeah. I mean, in my thoughts, and next week we've got the joint managers coming into the studio, um, if they remain in that division after next season, i.e. they're not in a relegation spot, to me, that is success. We... Got a reputation last season. Among sure, they won't say that, but yeah. But we, 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 we the, what was regularly directed at us last season was, oh, you should be doing well with that sort of money. But this new season, we've got. Well, Flowsave will have one of the smallest budgets in the league. We are not going to be. <coughs> the, we're not going to be the money guys. We're going to be very much the underdogs. And uh, you know, um, I think the mid-table finish. Uh, would would be a quite remarkable feat in the standard of football we're going into. <coughs> I'm absolutely sure that's going to be the case. But looking at these signings, um, there's no mugs here, is there? No, I say Hutchins, uh, Hutchinson spent three years at, at Celtic, made five league appearances in the uh, SPL. You know, fantastic football. You know, it's it's just um, to. I mean, it came on in the 82nd minute in the Champions League game against Man United. Fantastic. And that, as they say, is that for the night, because we've run out of time. Coming up now, the wonderful, the great, Sir Doug Hall. Yeah. 